BeastNet podcast, sponsored in part by James Safety Services, OCR Buddy, and supported by the fitness community. Here we discuss all things fitness-related, running, rucking, mental health and preparedness, and of course, obstacle course racing. Welcome to the BeastNet. Hey everybody, this is Lisa from BeastNet Podcast, and today we're talking to Erica Boggin, and... Um, She's an adaptive athlete and all-around badass. Erica, nice to meet you, and welcome to our podcast. Thank you so much. It's nice to meet you, too. I'm happy to be here with you today. Um, do you want to tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? I've been on Pizza a couple times now. I am a Spartan uh, adaptive athlete. I actually do quite a few different OCR races, but Spartan is the one that I am most I guess, loyal to, so to speak. Um, that's where I kind of got my start, in, start into OCR. And um, I am also a, a Dane from Teamwork Arts and Scars, which is um, our team that we have that helps me get through all of my OCR races. That's phenomenal. Aside, uh, you went down to Florida a few weeks ago to try to race, didn't you? I did. <laughs> Oh, I did. <laughs> yeah, so that was actually supposed to be my first um, OCR race for 2020 um, since we've had this craziness called COVID um, <laughs> terrorizing us. And uh, so we were super, super excited and literally found out the week before the race that they were not going to allow me to race because I am an adaptive athlete. And it's impossible for um, us to be able to social distance um, because I rely on my other team members to pick me up and help me through the obstacles as well as, you know, through the woods and rivers and whatever craziness Spartan throws at us. <laughs> right. So, um, actually, yeah, actually, I was really upset at first. I was like, well, wait a minute, you know, and there was quite a few other adaptive athletes um, in the OCR world that were also really upset about it. And um, I think I might may have been one of only a handful that was supposed to race in the Jacksonville race. But the word gets out pretty quickly in the disability community. And so we have a whole bunch of different, like, closed groups and uh, forums. And, you know, everybody was pretty pissed off about it. <laughs> so I started reaching out to um, some of my connections within Spartan um, to get to Joe Destina, um, who is the president and the CEO of Spartan, and ended up getting word that from one of his very close confidants that, that works very closely with him, that I'm also very close to, um, <laughs> that Joe was actually the person that was fighting the hardest for us to be able to race. And oh. um, it really wasn't Spartan's decision as more so it was the state of Florida and the county in Florida where the race was being held. So they were holding Spartan really, really, really tight to their codes because of the COVID. And the number one was the social distancing. So I, I understood and it made a little bit more sense. And um, more than anything, I think I, that we were just grateful that, you know, Jodicina of all people was, was the one that was really fighting for us to be able to race. Yes. What we were sad about, though, Lisa, <laughs> was after the race, oh. everybody starts posting pictures. And there were actually some adaptive athletes out there with some other teams um, that were um, not necessarily wheelchair users, but they were like amputees 
you know, people that still needed help and assistance through the thing, and there was no social distancing going on. <laughs> so going forward, we're hoping that if this is going to be the new normal for a little while, that they're fair to everybody, um, that going forward, I will be able to race. <laughs> yeah, I would say that's different. That's a little, that's got to be disheartening. I mean, it's one of those things where... You know, I, yeah, you know, I, I, what I, how I kind of look at it is, you know, when we go to race in any OCR race, specifically Spartan, we sign a waiver, a liability that says that, you know, basically we're signing our life, our life away. If we die, it, Spartan is not liable. Yes. And I think that that waiver should hold true for everything, even COVID. Yes. I'm making a conscious choice as a 39-year-old adult female to go out with my team and who are some of my best friends and family and, you know, do these races, which for me is a huge part of my mental health. And so, you know, if I'm signing that waiver, what's the difference, whether it's COVID or, you know, somebody drops me and I break my neck? Yes. (laughs) Yes. I that when, I, when I'm signing up for this, I am of sound mind and body. Nobody's forcing me to do this. I'm making a conscious choice to go out there, even knowing that people are not going to be able to social distance with me. And I'm okay with that. And I think that should be my choice as an adult and as an athlete, just like it was for everybody else there at the race that day. And, um, yeah, so hopefully going forward, that will change. Um, we do have some races on our schedule that are going to be coming up and I know there are a couple that are Spartan so that's good news <laughs> yes something's changing in those guidelines I would hope so too and you know yeah. it, it's also you're you're very aware of who your teammates are and I'm sure like like with yeah. BeastNet and our team like we talk to each other constantly so if somebody is sick like yeah. We kind of know. So, yeah, don't come race with me. Stay away. But you're right. As a conscious adult, whether it's you're adaptive or not, like like you said, we all sign the death waiver. We all sign it. So, yeah. well, so that was another thing, Lisa, was some of the pictures from racers on the course that day were totally able-bodied. They weren't adaptive. They're just team members and friends. And they were not social distancing either. And so it's like, okay, like if you want to make that a rule, then – Make that apply to everybody. Yes. Um, and clearly that's really hard to do in the OCR world because not everybody finishes at the same finish line, so to speak. Yes. And so people need help on that course. It's, it's brutal. It's hard. You yes. know, and, and that's why people have partners and teams and they do it with friends, you know? Yes. So hopefully that'll change. <laughs> so super like. I was I was pissed off, but more than anything, I was just really sad that, you know, we missed that opportunity. And, again, had everybody else been held to those guidelines and rules, I wouldn't have been as, as upset. But they didn't hold up to those guidelines and rules. And yeah. they weren't just qualified. The race wasn't shut down. Everybody's okay. And if they get COVID, they made that conscious choice to do that. And so, so like, my whole view on this whole COVID thing, so because of my PTSD, I am not able to wear a mask. It triggers me in all of the worst ways. You know, I, I try to adhere to the rules. I know here in North Carolina, where I actually live, our governor's rules is everybody, if you're in a public place, you have to have a mask on. And, again, I'm, for medical reasons, am not able to wear a mask. And... Um, 
that's okay. There's all of us are different. Yes. And, um, you know, if and when I go out, because I do and have been from the beginning of this, I'm a single parent. And although I have really good friends that help me, they're not always available to help. So if I have to go out shopping, my kids and me need something, I get in my car and I go, even without a mask. Um, you know, I'm very conscious that if I was sick with anything, I wouldn't be leaving my house as <laughs> most people and, and then I hear the whole asymptomatic rebuttal and I'm like I promise if I had COVID everybody would know because I'm extremely immunocompromised as well as my respiratory system is compromised and here I am totally healthy and fine and some could say that could be luck or blessing or what have you but it's just not something that I'm going to allow to stop my life and the way that I live it the joy that I get out of life and so, yeah, I've kind of been this way from the beginning of it, yeah, it's scary, but I just, I don't know, I'm a very spiritual person, and I feel like if that's meant for me to get and die from, then that's going to happen. Yes, <laughs> so, I can totally I see that. Yeah, it's, it's frustrating. It's frustrating. <laughs> it is. And, you know, I you mentioned that, you know, the Spartan races is kind of a mental health thing, and we've kind of discussed that as well. Um, not having the races has kind of taken a toll. Like I know for me personally on my mental health, because getting out there on that race course, there's something about it that just, it pushes you mentally and physically. And it's like for at least a few hours, I'm not in my head. I'm not overthinking every little thing. And like you, I have, I have PTSD as well. Yes. Okay. So you know exactly what I deal with. Then. Yes, I do, and it—it's like you said. It's that—it's the mindfulness. It's—it's it's being able to not like. I don't ever get triggered on the race course. I feel so safe and at home, and it's like it's home for me. It's the mm-hmm. best place, best place ever. So, how are you? Because obviously we can't race right now. So, what are you doing to kind of help? You know, fill in for that ability to get that mental health from the races. That's a great question. So, actually, when all of this stuff hit and they closed down all of our gyms, so I'm also a CrossFit athlete. And and typically, you know, Monday through Friday, how I'm, thank you, how I'm able to, you know, get that adrenaline out and kind of have that because everything that you're explaining to me is mindfulness. And I totally 110% agree with you. When I'm out on the course or I'm in my class at gym, I am not thinking about any of my triggers. I'm not, I'm not thinking about anything except for exactly what I'm doing and um, it's the best feeling in the world. And so when COVID hit and they closed all of our gyms and um, I couldn't go train, we immediately and very quickly um, transformed my home garage into a gym. So I am typically in my garage <laughs> as much as possible. Um, I'm working through a healing um, rotator cuff care and have been actually since the end of 2019. So I'm not training as rigorously, even though I'm um, so like right now I could be personal training with my actual coach at the gym. Um, we found other ways to do it. I'm not because I'm trying to be easy on my shoulder. And I know I go a lot harder when I'm with my trainer than I do <laughs> when I'm in my home gym. Yeah. So I just really, been, you know, just focusing and working on that healing process. And I use a lot of TheraBands and light. Um, dumbbells and um, 
a lot of stretching and, and, and stuff like that. Um, whereas in the gym, I use a lot of weights and, and that kind of stuff. So I've just been still doing my, my normal routines here at home and, and keeping up with that and trying to get out as much as possible, you know, whether it's um, going up to my best friend's house who here, she, she lives here where I live. She's also a part of my team. That's awesome. Um, she, um, she lives right on the lake. Her and I are forming um, a wellness retreat at her home. I'm actually a certified life coach, and she is a fitness coach as well as a nutrition coach. So we've just been really putting a lot of work in there. Um, her husband went and bought us three baby goats and a baby pig, and so we work a lot with the animals and getting them used to being around people because our vision is to be able to have what we call wild workouts um, with our clients. Um, right in the yard with our animals. So it's also a little bit of therapy and just extra love and joy to be with the animals while we're working out. And it just adds another twist and a little bit of fun to it, kind of like goat yoga. That's so um, awesome. Well, thank you. So I spend a lot of time doing all those things. And then I also have uh, two teenage daughters. So <laughs> keeping up with them and their friends and playing taxi cab all keep me really busy and honestly have kept me in a really good level place throughout this whole COVID thing. You know, I've had a couple days where um, throughout the last couple months that were a little hard um, and I was definitely a lot more triggered, but I think that it was just a matter of getting out of the house yeah, and um, just leaving my environment and kind of, you know, changing my mindset that I'm not going to, I'm not going to let this take me down and I'm going to fight against it and just keep going. That's incredible. Um, what brought you to uh, getting into the life coaching? So I actually started life coaching before I even got a certification. Um, so I have several different mentors throughout the years, and um, a handful of them are actually life coaches and um, business coaches. And it just really, really intrigued me um, how... It's helping people not necessarily working through their past, but working towards their future. And I just love that. I, I'm a very um, proactive person, and I don't like to concentrate on what's already happened because what's already happened can't be changed. And so, but I, I'm very, very diligent about um, making not just my future, but the people that I love and the people I surround myself with helping them um, create a future that they that they want to live <laughs> and helping them, you know, be able to reach goals and stuff. And so, and that's always been kind of me. I'm, a, I'm definitely a caretaker. Like, I like to be able to have people to help and kind of need to be needed in a sense. Yes. And um, so just kind of learn, learning from my mentors and stuff and seeing what they did and how they were um, so easily able to help not just myself but other other people in our close-knit group um, get past, you know, whatever obstacles were standing in their way, which usually was themselves because we're all our biggest obstacles. <laughs> That's <laughs> and, so true. Um, I, I loved it, and I feel like that's just a big part of my life purpose is to be able to use the knowledge that I've gained, not just from my life experiences, which have been a lot, <laughs> yeah. Um, but also, um, you know, using my training and the stuff that I learned while working towards my certifications 
and, and, and helping people find tools to put in their toolbox, so to speak. So when life hits them, slap in the face or right in the gut, they're like, it's okay, I can make it through this because I have the right tools. And um, yeah, that was what really intrigued me and, and I guess made me realize that that was um, the path that I wanted to take and concern with my career. That's incredible. An opportunity to make change, make a positive change in so many people's lives. That's build awesome relationships with really awesome people. <laughs> um, do you see taking that life coaching and kind of incorporating or helping people see what OCR is all about? Since you know, like you said, it's that mindfulness, and you know, it's it's a gr- it's such a great way to work through whatever's going on in your life because it kind of gives you that moment to. I wouldn't necessarily say slow down, but it slows the head down a little bit. Do you see incorporating the two for you? Absolutely. I actually have um, a lot of friends that are also adaptive athletes or aspiring adaptive athletes that I coach. And um, a couple of them have really gotten excited about OCR. A lot of them, for different medical reasons right now, are having to put it on a back seat until all of this virus and that kind of hopefully dissipates or um, gets a little bit more under control. Yes. Um, you know, they, they have a lot of fear of catching this virus because of, you know, medical and health concerns. And so they kind of, you know, found other things right now to keep them occupied and keep up with their fitness and their health goals. But all the while still having Spartan in the forefront of their brain that, like, that's a goal that they're working towards. So it's really exciting to see you know, not only more adaptive athletes, you know, get really excited about OCR, um, but to know that I was a, a little bit of that inspiration. Um, so I'd love to see our, our para um, athletes, um, or our, our para races as far as OCR is concerned. Yeah. I'd love to see that grow and um, see more people, um, more venues, you know, not just Spartan. Because right now Spartan does have a para um, competition, but see other venues be able to get the same kind of thing specifically for us. And I think that that just brings even more awareness to different abilities, um, as well as there's a lot of inspiration out there on the course. You know, I, I've seen so many times during a race, you know, where people come up and they hug me or they're like giving me a pound and they're like, I was just ready to quit. And then I saw you guys and you just gave me the motivation I needed to finish this because if you can finish this, I can finish this. And that's like a, such a mutual share of exchange of energy. And it's absolutely beautiful to know, you know, that's what keeps us going and keeps us pushing through the obstacles and all the brutalness of, of this part, right? And <laughs> knowing that we just push and encourage somebody to, to keep going as well that was ready to quit or may have thought they weren't going to make it to the finish line. And, to see them finish and earn their medals is a pretty, a pretty damn good feeling. Yes, it is. I've been on course and come across um, para-athletes, and it is the most amazing thing to see because it's like you said, if, if you guys can do it, I sure as heck can do it and push through and get through the race. And I agree with you. I'd love to see some of the other um, race companies start incorporating it more and more because it's inspiring. Yeah. It's amazing to see in... If OCRs can help myself and other athletes, 
I can just imagine how empowering it is for you as a para-athlete to get out there and do a race like that. Absolutely. I mean, it's it's one of the biggest biggest events all year in the OCRA, not just Spartan, but I I always go back to Spartan specifically because, like I said, they're super close to my heart. Um, That's where I started. And, and, And knowing where I was mentally before my first Spartan race and how much it pushed me and, like, literally propelled me forward to keep moving forward is absolutely astonishing. <laughs> um, you know, I, it was like I changed overnight. My mindset grew even stronger that, like, I know I can get through anything life throws at me if I can get through a Spartan course. <laughs> and it's, it's funny, we were just talking about the virus, Lisa, and when all of this first started, I was like, are you kidding me? We're Spartans. Have you ever seen the dunk wall? <laughs> under that dunk wall, you are immune to anything. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I've said the same thing. Um I was talking to my boss about it. Right. I was like, dude, I've been through so many race courses and the amount of stuff that has been questionable in the water that we go through, I'm immune to anything right now. (laughs) Yes. We have immune systems that steal because of Spartan. Do you like the BeastNet? Do you want to keep hearing it? Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and more at BeastNetPod. Yes. Um. I remember, Lisa, you're going to laugh at this. After my first um, Spartan race, which was actually here in Charlotte, North Carolina, where I live, um, it was in a a cow and chicken farm. (laughs) And so that's all you smelled the entire time was cow and chicken crap. And so, like, after we're done, I come home and I'm like, the first thing I can't wait to just peel all those nasty clothes off, get in the shower, and I'm, like, in the shower for a good hour. I mean, it was it was a long shower. <laughs> I got out, and I'm, like, smelling myself, and I'm, like, why do I smell like cashews still? Like, why? <laughs> and I literally, for days, I was taking, like, two showers a day for, like, three, four days, because that's all I could smell. I, like, I know, it's got to be up in my sinuses or something. <laughs> are done at an equestrian farm. There's not any horses there really anymore. But you know, you know what you're going through. Yeah. And I'm just like, I'm worried yeah. about getting sick. We're <laughs> uh, Exactly. Um, how is it incorporating your CrossFit? How do you think that's helping with you as an OCR racer and athlete? Oh my gosh, it helps. So unbelievably much, especially with my endurance. Um, my endurance and my strength. So when I first started doing Spartan races, I still was not able to make it up a rope. And so um, that's something that's always been a goal of mine, actually since I started doing CrossFit. And um, I, I kept telling my coach, like, Annie, I've got to make it to the top of the rope. I've got to make it to the top of the rope. Because 
when I was a child in elementary school, we had ropes in gym, and I was the tree topper because that's what they called it. The first child in the class to make it up to the top of the rope the fastest was the tree topper of the week. And I held that title for, like, most of the school year. And so that was something that was, I was really super proud of. And so after I got paralyzed and got into CrossFit, um, and the first time I saw the rope in my gym, I was like, oh, my gosh, I've got to make it up that rope. And, you know, was just bragging about how I was the tree topper in elementary school. And my favorite thing was to climb trees when I was a kid. I loved climbing stuff. And um, so I'm like, I know that I can make it to the top of that rope. And um, we would do it, you know, weekly at the gym, um, but then when I started doing Spartan Race and saw that we have ropes in Spartan, I'm like, okay, I have to make it to the top of that, and um, with my team, so we have a lot of safety measures that we that we use, um, and one of the big things is on anything that's, like, really high up or that I'm climbing independently without being on somebody's back, um, I'm typically hooked to a rope to where if I fall... I'm not going to fall and break any more vertebrae in my back yeah. or worse, break my neck. Um, and um, I was the one athlete that was so against any of that those safety measures. And um, <laughs> just because they were really restricting to me. And so I'm like, if I'm going to do this, I want to be able to make it through this as much as I can independently as possible. Yeah. Because that's what drives me to going back to the races, it's not to have my team carry me through the entire race, which they would totally do because they love me, and um, and I appreciate that so much, but I want to be, I want to be tested, and I want to be pushed to my limit, and um, that's what I live for as far as the adrenaline part of it, and um, so I started really being vocal about it um, on the race course, you know, hey guys, I want to try to do this as independently as I can, and I was having a tough time. I would get really, really close to ringing the bell, and then my arms would give out, and I'd end up, you know, in somebody's arms, and I would kind of feel defeated. So um, I think it was my fourth Spartan race um, before that came up, which actually was the Sprint and Super last year in Atlanta. Um, I was determined that I wanted to make it to the top of that rope and ring the bell, so um, I told my coach, my CrossFit coach, I'm like, hey, I really want to make it to the top of this rope. Like, it's really important to me. And so we worked a lot in the gym beforehand, which really helped me. Um, because then when we got to Atlanta, um, we did the super on Saturday and the sprint on Sunday. And by the time we got to the rope during my super, um, I actually looked at my best friend, Amy, the one that um, has the goats and stuff with me. And I looked at her, and I was like, I have to make it to the top of this rope. And I have to ring the bell. And I had tears in my eyes because at this point, I was like, okay, I have to do this. But I was putting a lot of pressure on myself. And um, she's like, we're going to make this happen. And I'm like, I don't want any ropes attached to me. Like, I want to climb this to the top I can. So she said, okay, will you at least let me crawl underneath you to where if you need an extra boost when you get close to the top and can't reach the bell, I'm underneath you to where if you start sliding, I can catch you. And I'm like, absolutely, I will do that. So here poor Amy comes crawling up the rope underneath me with her head literally almost embedded into my butt. (laughs) (laughs) I get to to the top of the rope, Lisa, and I finally rang the bell. (sighs) And I attest that to two things, and that's both of my Amy's, because 
my coaching CrossFit's name is Amy as well. So without her training and helping me the whole couple weeks prior to that, and just really working working on my strength train, I don't think I would have been able to get up as far as I did. And then without my best friend Amy and her head being up my butt, I probably wouldn't have been able to reach the bell. <laughs> so it was definitely a collective effort, but I felt like I finally accomplished one of my big goals. Even though I had help from Amy and her head, <laughs> I still, I made it to the top. And... Um, yeah, so it's, it's, a, it's a really beautiful thing. You know, most of my teammates um, have become my best friends, my chosen family. Yes. Um, they do, they go above and beyond just volunteering to help me get through a race um, and helping me reach my goals out on the course. And I, I really could not do it without them, nor would I want to at this point. You know, I've had people ask me if, if, if you ever get to a place in physically that you could conquer even a sprint by yourself, would you attempt? And I'd love to say yes, but I always say no. And not because I don't think I could, but because I wouldn't want to do it without my team around me. OCRs are the only times that I get to play with all of my best, best friends and chosen family in the mud and over obstacles and just be in the woods and be in, with, in nature just with them. We don't have our phones. We're, we don't have any social media we're just concentrating on each other and having a good time. And um, I think that's one of the most beautiful things that comes from OCR for me. I have to agree with you on that. Um, I've done a sprint by myself, and that was just more I, – I needed that for myself at that time. But I think every other race I've done, I've done with my team. And I can't imagine not being with my teammates because, like you said, they're not just friends. They do become your chosen family. And – it's that time where yeah. you, you know, you're right. No phones, no nothing. You're just focused on each other. And it's the most, it's the most uplifting thing. It's the most fulfilling thing. Cause I live a good distance away from most of my teammates. So when I get to do that, it fills me up long enough to get to the next race. Like I'm so excited to see that family. So I totally get what you mean about not wanting to race by yourself. Yeah, it's the same way for me, actually, as far as all of us don't live right here where I live. Um, Amy was the closest to me, and she's probably, like, 20 minutes up the road, so not too far at all. Um, and then Zach is the next closest. He is our team leader. Yes. Um, as well as the co-founder of More Hearts and Stars. And um, Zach lives about an hour and 45 minutes from me. So I can get to them fairly easily. Yeah. Um, but everybody else lives in Georgia and other places. <laughs> and so it's like that's, those are the times throughout the year that I get to be with my chosen family and um, have just a blast because we do, you know, even through the brutalness and the, the duckies and, and all of the stuff that, that you are pushing through during an OCR. Like, yeah. Having them there with me is we have so much fun. Like we laugh the entire time, <laughs> and it's it's really awesome. It's really awesome. We all have all kinds of sick jokes. And <laughs> really bad singing on the porch. <laughs> yep, but it's so much fun. We kind of, there's, so there's kind of like a saying with us. It's like, what happens on the course stays on the course because it's like, it's the inside jokes. Yeah. It's the, <laughs> it's the, the more inappropriate jokes and things that get said. And 
It's great. Absolutely. It's so great to have that because you're completely like free. That's part of it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we're, we're all being exactly where you said you hit the nail on the head. You said we are free. Yes. To just be ourselves and have a blast and be quirky and weird and sometimes obscene. And it is a lot of fun. <laughs> it really is. Um, I still have yet to um, accomplish or attempt the rope. I am just. I'm working on that one. But for me, the inverted wall, I hate that sucker so much. It is such a struggle for me. But my teammates are always there to help me get up over it. And I always tell them, I have to get the girls over. If I can't get the girls over, I'm not getting over this. And it's like, you know, it's that joke. I love you. You're totally sick in my job. on the course my my 16 year old races with us and there have been a couple times where I've totally forgotten that she's in front of me and has said a few things and I get the she turns around and gives me the mother and I'm like oh you're right there um education (laughs) on the course And um, so there's a lot of meaning behind this chair. And um, 
she was like, all right, she was like, let's pack up. We're going to go to this park. And me, and at the time, it was uh, his partner, Lauren, who is still his partner. Um, she, they're like, we're just, we're going to go to this park and we're going to show you a little bit of what it's going to feel like to be in this chair and, um, you know, just kind of get a feel for what we were going to do. And I was like, all right, cool. So we go to this park and we said, it's so funny now that like looking back because this park was nothing compared to what I was about to encounter on the start <laughs> race course. <laughs> like the first part of it, it was like this cave sidewalk, you know, and Lauren's hooked up to the front of it. She's pulling me along and Zach's behind me acting as my break and we go down this hill and into this river and it was funny because it was really cold. This is at like the end of March and um, so it was, it was chilly. I remember as soon as the water hit the part of my life that I had feeling, I was like, oh, that's really cold. <laughs> um, and we, like, run through the river for a little bit. They take me back up the hill. We get back on the concrete, and we're done. And I'm like, oh, this is it? Like, hell yeah, I'm in, you know? And um, Zach's like, all right. He's like, we'll see you next weekend. I'm like, all right, I'm ready, you know. Talk to him a couple times throughout the week. He was just making sure that I had, like, all the supplies and stuff that I may need on course. And, um... So I got my best friend, Jamar, who actually happens to be my videographer as well. So any of my Spartan videos that you end up seeing on social media, YouTube, whatever, Jamar is the, um, is the videographer and producer and everything for my, all my videos. He's amazing. Um, he typically does every race with me. Um, him and I pack up, we like leave my house, get to the race course, and it had been raining the whole night before. (laughs) (laughs) So I still had no idea what I signed up for. And, um, my team leader, Joey, comes and grabs me and puts me on his back and they carry me over to the race tent and we get all suited up. And I'm like all cute. Like I'm all clean and everything's matching and I'm like, oh, I'm ready for a race. (laughs) I had no clue. My first race was a super. Oh, like wow. Said, it had rained, like, probably two days before and the morning of. So it was pretty brutal and nasty. Um, I didn't think ahead for, like, bathroom purposes and stuff like that. I really don't know what I was thinking. I guess I was thinking they're going to have porta potties all along <laughs> the course. And everything's just going to be A-OK. And, um, yeah, it was not that way in true Spartan fashion. Um <laughs> And, um, but we had a blast and I mean, that solidified my team. And that was actually the first time that my best friend, Amy had, who's now my best friend. I met her that day and, um, her and her husband happened to know Joey McClamory, which is, um, our Atlanta chapter leader from our hearts and scars. And was like, Hey, Joey, we want to run with you guys and help this girl get through the race. And here we are. A year and some change later, and she's one of my best friends now. Um, so, I mean, it's just such a beautiful thing. But anyway, it took us almost nine hours to finish the super. <laughs> we had a lot of hiccups. Um, but it was so much fun. Um, the very last obstacle was the stairway to Sparta. I got, I got scared once we got to the top. And was in a lot of pain and was so exhausted and was literally ugly crying. <laughs> and um, 
Jamar got it all on film. And they were talking to me, like, talking to me, like, because I'm like, I can't do this. I can't finish this. Like, I'm done. I can't. And my arms are jello. I can't do anything. I'm crying. I'm filthy. <laughs> and I'm stinky. <laughs> and um, Zach, at that moment, like, Zach looked at me in my eyes, and he was like, you can do this. And you're going to do this because I'm going to make sure that you do this. I just need you to trust me. And he's like, you know, I want you to put your arms around me and I'm going to carry you down the rest of this crazy obstacle. We're really high up. I actually hadn't been that high up at that point since I had been paralyzed. Oh, so I think wow. that's what scared me on top of the fatigue and pain and everything that my body was feeling. Um, and the exhaustion, I was exhausted. I yeah. was not prepared for that at all. <laughs> and um, he did. He carried me down. And um, actually, him and Rob Lyde, who's one of the announcers for Spartan, um, he climbed up and helped Zach get me down. And they threw me on Zach's back. And we jumped over that fire. And there were tears everywhere. <laughs> um, because I couldn't stop thinking. I'm, like, starting to get emotional just talking about it. But I couldn't stop thinking all of them. For one, putting up with me, but two, helping me conquer this crazy, I don't even know the right word, ordeal that I had signed up for <laughs> unknowingly. <laughs> and, like, I was just addicted after that. I was like, okay, when's the next race? Let's go. I'm ready. <laughs> and um, so I ended up being able, um, towards the end of 2019, so December 2019, I earned my first beast. Um, and so I also, my first trifecta. That's so within phenomenal. my first year, that was my goal, was I wanted to get at least one trifecta. And yeah. I did. I could have had two, but the Carolina Beast, which I'm not sure if you heard about that one, but pretty much everybody across the board that's a Spartan has heard of it by now. <laughs> um, that one I didn't finish, but there was a 22% DNF rate at that race because oh. of the weather and the conditions. I mean, yes. It was disgusting. I don't know another word but disgusting. It was horrible. <laughs> and I ended up getting uh, hypothermic and pulled myself from the race. Because at that point, I'm like, you know what? A medal is not worth my health. And yeah. so, um, but had that not happened, I would have finished the year with, with two trifectas. That's so, so phenomenal. We can still make it happen this year. <laughs> Thank you. Um, Thank you. We completed nine races last year, so I think that was a good first year. That's an amazing first year. You know, it's interesting hearing you talk about your first experience. I think that seems to be like across the board for people who signed up, signed up blindly for a Spartan race. I did the same thing. Uh, my first race was in 2015 at Washougal. I'm like, oh, it's just another fun run. Oh, oh, I was so wrong. But afterwards, it's the truth. Like, you're like, oh, let's do it again. I've got this. I've been on the race course. I've done the ugly crying. I've done the, I don't want to do this anymore. And yet, even when you go through yeah. all those emotions and the fears, and once you get down, you're like, when's the next race? When's the next race? It's like, it. it right. <laughs> so I can say this to you. Don and Mike probably wouldn't get this analogy, but since I have a fellow female on the, <laughs> on the um, phone with me, doing this podcast with me, you would totally probably relate to this. So it's like childbirth. <laughs> so you're screaming and you're like just get this thing out of me I'm done 
all the pain, all of the hard work, the frustration, everything goes away. And that's really what I try to compare to people, like not necessarily men, but other women, especially um, when I'm talking to para-athletes that might be a little nervous about signing up for one of these races, they're like, they're, they're like there's no way I can do this. And I'm like, if you can birth a child, you can get through a Spartan race. I promise. Because it's the same kind of thing, not as painful as birthing a child, but all of those emotions... And then at the end, you're like, yes, I did it. And you forget about everything else. Well, until the next day when you can't move or put your hair up in a ponytail because your arms are so sore. (laughs) But that's what I relate it to is childbirth. (laughs) Yes, it's that. That is such a great analogy because it's so true. And even after, like, you know, you're exhausted, you're sore, you're dirty. You really just want some food and something to drink. And once you get that course, like for me, I totally forget about everything I just went through. And I'm just so happy to be back in the festival area, hanging out with my friends and my family. And the pain's not there. And like you said, it's not till the next day or when you get in the shower and you're playing, is this dirt or bruise? (laughs) Yes. And you're like, what did I do to myself? Yes. I don't know about you, but every time I do a Spartan, it looks like somebody beats the living crap out of me because I'm so bruised everywhere. And I'm like, what did I do to myself? But then I'm literally simultaneously on the phone like, When's our next race? <laughs> <Like I'm ready. laughs> exactly. I love the bruises that randomly show up a few days later and you're like, oh, Oh, that did leave a mark. Yes. <laughs> uh, it's funny because I am one that is always, like, it's when there's back-to-back race weekends, so, like, whether it's a super in a sprint or a beast in a sprint, I'm the one that's always like, yes, I'm doing both. And I'll wake up the day after the first, which is usually the bigger one, <laughs> and I'm like... Oh my gosh, it's like 6.30 in the morning, and I'm like, oh my gosh, our, our wave starts in like an hour, and I can't even get out of bed right now. But <laughs> something in me, it's like I, I, I talk myself through it, I get ready, I go through the motions, pack my bag, I get in the car, and it's like as soon as we get to the venue, all of that goes away again, and I'm ready. Yes. And then usually I'm out for a week after. When I do back-to-back <laughs> races, I'm out for, like, at least four days. I'm, like, done. Don't ask me to go grocery shopping. Don't ask me to put my hair up or shower. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I do shower. <laughs> don't ask me to do anything physically exhausting because I am just sore and done. Yep. <laughs> but it's so worth it. It's Ew. so worth it. That sense of accomplishment. Yes, it is completely worth it. Um, I've done a few back-to-back races, and one of the first ones I did was in Montana a couple years ago, and my daughter was with me and my best oh, friend. Wow. She was with me and my best friend, Audra, and we did the Beast the first day, and we're like, okay, we're going back for the sprint, and we literally, Audra and I were debating all the way up till we got there, and my daughter just turns around. She's like, are you guys kidding me? You're already here. Will you please just do the race? And I'm like, okay, I just got checked by my teenager. Yeah, I guess we're doing the race. <laughs> but what? But once we got on there, yeah, and once we got on the race course, it was like, oh, we're not that sore. Everything's great. Um, mind you, we felt it on the 14-hour drive home. <laughs> yeah, it's such a great – it is such a great feeling, though, when you do the back-to-back races and you're like, oh, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I can do this amount of miles in just a couple of days. And then once you do it, it's like, okay, 
I just kicked some ass. I just proved myself completely wrong. And it's such an incredible feeling. Yeah. <sighs> it is. We actually have a couple um, on our schedule this year that are going to be back-to-back. One of them um, actually being the same beast that I finished with last year in Central Florida. So I'm really super excited about it. Really, really excited. I just hope, you know, like we talked about in the beginning, I hope that going forward um, they'll allow us to race. Yes. And um, then we'll be able to do it. Yes, totally so, agree with we'll, you. We'll keep uh, right now. I'm right now. I'm keeping a very open mind because I I know where you know some of the venues that I'm signed up for are some of the states where things are really really bad right now, and so I'm keeping an open mind so that I don't have that like major letdown where they're like, oh, we had to cancel the race. You know, things have been really up and down for Spartan, and I think for all of the different venues. Um, but we definitely have some sudden stone that are not Spartan that are, have already given confirmation. We're doing this race. They're not going to cancel it. Everything's set in stone. So I'm pretty excited about that. And I know, you know, even if I don't get to do an actual Spartan this year, um, which I'm not going to claim that, but if it happens, I'll be okay because I'm still going to get to do some other really fun OCRs. Um, like we did one last year. It was actually the only one that wasn't a Spartan for me last year. Um, that was the Phoenix City Mud Run in um, Chattanooga, Tennessee. And I have to tell you, it was a blast, Lisa. It's definitely different than Spartan as far as the obstacles and stuff are, de- are not as intense, it was more fun than anything. Like, for instance, the last obstacle is this huge slip and slide, and it is so much fun. And we were so hot by the time we got to the last obstacle that I was like, throw me on that slip and slide. Like, I'm so excited about this. Like, we get to get wet and bubbly and soapy, and <laughs> it was so much fun, you know. Um, because that the, the obstacles weren't the, exactly the same, but they were very similar, and we still had a blast doing it, you know. And so it really kind of opened my mind to not just doing Spartan anymore, but being more open-minded to trying other OCR venues. Because, you know, there's, I think, fun to be had no matter what. I really believe that the, the best part about it is the people you're surrounding yourself with. And I keep going back, you know, about my team. But no matter where we're at or what kind of race or you know, anything that we're doing, because we've done some other stuff, um, like team building stuff at other places that aren't races. Um, and any time that we're together is a good time. And so I've been a lot more open to trying other race venues. And, um, yeah, I've met a lot of beautiful people in doing that, too. So there's a lot of, of good things that are going to come, whether we get to race Spartan this year or not. Totally. It's going to be a good year. I agree with you on that. Um there's a local race up here called Run Amok, and it's done by charity Pennies for Quarters. And um, Mike and Don came up for it last year. And the best part about it was the fact we called it going back to the roots of OCR. Like, the obstacles are very basic, fairly simple if you've done a Spartan race, but it's mm-hmm. it, it makes you appreciate the 
sport even more because you're going back to your roots and you really are having a good time with your friends and your chosen family. And I think that's the best part about OCR. It, It doesn't matter if it's a small local race or if it's a big one like Spartan. There is a camaraderie and the teams and the friendships and everything that's made. I think that's what makes OCR absolutely one of the most incredible sports that are out there. It's all encompassing. It doesn't matter what your physical limitations are or your mental limitations. It pushes you, it opens you up, and it gives you a whole nother view and aspect of the world and life by just all the people that are involved and participate. I agree 110%. It is awesome. You know, it's not all about the the huge obstacles and the long, you know, um, the long courses and the brutalness of it. You know, I think more than anything, it's the camaraderie. Yes. You know, just exactly what you said. That's one of the most beautiful things. I mean, we have people through, and I'm sure you've seen this in your races and your experiences, but... We have people that just join in, you know, they'll see us struggling with something and they just come right over without, you know, hey, dude, can you help us? Like, they just come right over, like, can I help? And I think that's the most beautiful thing. It brings out the best in everybody. It and, um, really does. as a para-athlete, I see my teammates that are able-bodied and people will come over, total strangers from other teams or just elite runners that are running alone will come over and help wherever they need to help. And I think that we as a society, like, or as a world, like, we could learn so much from OCR. Yes, completely agree. I had an experience in uh, Kimberly, British Columbia about two years ago. We did the sprint, and they started it in, like, 3 o'clock in the afternoon, and it was so hot. Uh, We were going up, like, a black diamond ski run and coming back down, and I got to a point where I was just – I was, I was struggling. I was hot. I couldn't like, it it was like a combination of so many things. And this dude, I have no idea who he is to this day. He walked up to me. He's like, I'm getting you up this hill. He grabbed my hand and just started going up the hill. And I'm like, I'm looking at my friend behind me and I'm like, I don't know what's going on here. And he got me to the top of the hill and he's like, have a good rest of your race. And he was gone. And I sat there and I'm like, I don't even know exactly what he looked like. I didn't catch his name, his bib number, nothing. I'm like, how do I thank you? Because that little push helped yeah. get me through the rest of the race. And I still to this day want to figure out who that guy was. Um, oh, I have goosebumps. That, see, things like that. Like, oh, it's just such a beautiful story, Lisa. Like, we can all learn so much from that. You know, when we see somebody struggling having a bad day, maybe it's the cashier at the gas station who's being kind of rude. Like, maybe they're being rude because they're having a bad day. Maybe somebody was ugly to her, you know, and like offering just a small gesture, even if it's, you know, I hope you have a beautiful day. You know what I mean? Like, yes. We can learn so much from the OCR world. It's it's beautiful. I completely agree with you. It kind of, it puts things in perspective. And it's like you said, if somebody's having a bad day out in the normal world, it, it can be as simple as, like you said, have a good day, smile at them. Like, I can't tell you how much somebody just smiling at me can make a day. And yeah, being in the OCR, like, it doesn't matter who you are when you're in OCR. You see somebody struggling and you're like, hey, can I help you? Hey, what's going on? Like, 
Yes. People just stop and help you. It's the seeing somebody just having a hard time walking up the hill and you just walk past them. You got this. You got this. You got this, Spartan. That is, yeah. it's so fulfilling to see. And it's, it's a perfect example. Yeah. It's a, to me, it's a perfect example of what humanity looks like. Yes. Fully agree. Fully agree. You know, exactly that. It's what, what humanity is supposed to look like anyway. Yes. You know? um, <laughs> I just, I, I love it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And I, I think that it, it even helps, helps me. I, I'm a super social person and I'm that person in the grocery store. <coughs> Sorry. <laughs> I had to cough. I'm that person in the grocery store that does make eye contact with everybody. And I think even more so now that people are being, you know, forced to wear masks. Yeah. And with this COVID stuff, I noticed that people don't want to make eye contact anymore. And I'm still making it a point to smile at everybody I can and make as much eye contact as possible because you never know what that smile is going to do for the other person. Yes, totally agree with you on that. I actually have been, um, I was very much in my shell. I struggled to be social with people. Um, and once I started doing OCRs and I started meeting my team and my, my now family, it's helped me open up and be more social and more vocal and talking to people. Um, it changed my life and I know it's changed a lot of other people's lives and, you know, I, I'm trying to look up more when I'm in the grocery store, um, or even out and about. And like you said, it's with the mask. Like people can't see you smile with the mask. So you've got to be expressive with your eyes. Although unless I'm at work, I really shouldn't be so expressive. (laughs) I didn't realize how much you, I didn't realize how much your eyes can convey until today. And I was like, oh, I got to rein in those poker eyes, man. Cause I don't have a poker face right now. Yes. <laughs> and I can usually tell that somebody receives that smile. Yes. Uh, it's needed it's it's, it's now more than ever, I think. I completely agree with you. Um, okay. I know we're kind of pushing it on time, but what is one takeaway that you would like to, you know, to say to people to help get through like this difficult time? Like we're not racing. We're not out there with our friends and our chosen family as much. And being there in person is a little bit difficult too. Is there any words of advice or motivation to keep going that you want to, that you can think of? You know, you don't have to have an OCR course or even a race venue to go out and still find obstacles in this world to climb over. And I mean that both um, objectively and figuratively speaking, you know, um, and each of us have our own battles. And so no matter what it is, whether it's something that's seen or something that's not seen, and I'm saying that for all of us PTSD warriors, because <laughs> there is a lot of us we put in the OCR world. You know, we all have certain obstacles that are not seen. Um, but I've really taken this time to continue to make me a better me. And in any way possible, you know, I've adapted. And I think that that is what has saved me through all of this. Is and, and, and I think that's also one of the biggest gifts that becoming paralyzed gave me was the ability to adapt. Um, at, at the drop of a dime, I 
can adapt everything. And um, I think that, you know, right now, for people who have not had the same life experience as I have as far as getting paralyzed and having to be forced to adapt, um, just being more, being more open-minded right now and knowing that whether you're on the race course or not, we all have obstacles in our life, whether, like I said, it's unseen or seen. And we all have things that we can do to continue, continually work on us. Totally agree with you on that 100%. Um, our family, which has been one of the biggest gifts that COVID has given me, is I've been able to spend so much more time, especially one-on-one time with my kids, because, and I have teenagers, um, that they're, they're not in school right now, and, you know, they were kind of forced to be home for a while, um, and still kind of are, and so there were so many things um, that we can all work on together as a family, and also teach each other. Um, you know, my kids have been a lot more vocal. And, you know, hey, Mom, I, so I smoked cigarettes for years and years and years. And during this time, I have been now quit. I have been nicotine-free for five months. And that was one of the big things that my kids were like, Mom, we really want you to work on this. And right now, you have the time to work on it. You're not traveling. You're not all the excuses I would come up with before. I don't have those excuses now. I'm home, and I can work on me and work on being a better me, not just for myself, but for my kids and the people I love. And um, I think that that could apply probably to just about anybody. We all have things that we need to work on. That is so amazing. Congrats on being nicotine-free. I know that that is one of the hardest addictions to give up, and congratulations on that. Um, And I agree with you. Like. it's time with family. My daughter, who's 16, um, the first couple months of this, like it, I feel like it brought us closer together. We talked more. There was less stress and other outside things coming into it. And it's helped my family. Um, so I, I, if, with all the cons that have happened with this, I see a lot of the positives. And you're right. We all have obstacles every day to get through. And if this gives us time to work on them and adjust and get through those obstacles, it's, we can get through anything. So completely agree with you on that one. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah, it's, you know, I, I think that there's always going to be negative. You know, that, that's the duality of life. Where yes. For every positive, there's a negative. But if we can con- concentrate more in the midst of a pandemic and, Good God, political uprisings and every other crazy thing that's going on around us right now. Yeah. Like, there's still so many positives. And I think that this is a time of reflection where we can all really think about ourselves and how are we responding to what's going on. And yes. all of us can work on our response. Yes. I think to you know, like, I always have a better response. Yes. And I think those responses, like you said, with all the negativity and all the other stuff that's happening right now, I think we just need to be more human and kind to each other. It's that positivity. If we could just start promoting that a little bit more, I think that will help in the overall look of not only our local communities, but nationally and globally. I think that would make all the difference in the world. And it kind of, you know, it's as small as a mustard seed. It's the smallest thing that can lead to bigger things and moving mountains. Absolutely. We all have the power to be the change. Not one of us, not one single person can change everything that's going on. But we can be the example for the people that are around us, whether it's the stranger that we smile at in Walmart or our children here at home. We can be that change. 
we just have to set the example, you know? Yes, completely agree with you. Um, Well, I'm going to have to cut us off, unfortunately, but Erica, thank you so much for coming on and and talking to me and um, letting, you know, tell me about the, you know, the experiences that you've been through and what's going on now. I totally appreciate it. I can't wait to talk to you again. And hopefully one day I can get out east where you guys are and come race with you guys. I would love to be a part of going through a course with you guys. That would probably be one of the most amazing things ever. Oh my gosh, we would love to have you join us. Absolutely. You'll have to, um, if we're not already connected on Facebook, and I don't think we are, you'll have to send me a, um, a friend request so we can connect. I will definitely do that. Um, I hope you have a wonderful evening. Thank you so much, and um, we'll talk to you again soon. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much, and I hope that you have a great rest of your day. Thank you. Have a good night. <laughs> You too, honey. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the BeastNet podcast. If you haven't done it yet, find us on Facebook. Like and share the podcast. Give us a review on iTunes or Spotify. All these things will help to expand the show in the future. Don't forget to subscribe and let us know what you think and what you'd like to hear. Mm